Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 416 for the 8th of September, 2015. So nice to see you. I'm Robbie. I'm Sasha. Tonight we are going to be continuing on our series on how to build a music server from a Raspberry Pi computer. It's a music server that'll fit in your pocket, but we've got some very specific needs and desires to go along with it. So we're going to be following along. We're going to be installing the operating system today, getting the software up and going and uh, really uh, rocking this thing forward. You excited? I'm totally excited. This is the first computer I've ever built. She did it. I just All I did was click it. That's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I'm a pro. Now, here's what's coming up in the Category 5.TV newsroom. A lightning strike near a Google data center has permanently wiped out a millionth of a percent of user data. For the first time, Apple will allow advertisements to be blocked by the iPhone and iPad versions of Safari. Canon has developed a 250 megapixel camera sensor. A new satellite out of Europe hopes to launch in a couple of months and observe the ripples in the curvature of space-time. And Fiat Chrysler has started distributing a software patch for millions of vehicles via a USB stick sent in the post. Stick around. The full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Eric Kidd. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. This is Category 5. How do you like that? That Pretty intense. That was awesome. Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. Yeah. All right. Ready to rock? Yeah. I can't believe we're here already. It's been a crazy, mad week. It has been. The show show launched. I know. It's so exciting. Now, you can check that out. Yeah, please do. It's theshowshow.tv. You know. That's how to do it. That's how to do it. Make sure you subscribe, okay? Uh, now, our new website is coming along, but uh, right now what it does is it, it automatically takes you over to, um, I think, our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So make sure you subscribe on YouTube. We've also got a Facebook uh, page set up. Uh, we're starting to accumulate the likes, and those really, really help us out because then it lets us uh, do some cool things mm-hmm. with, with Google and with Facebook that we can't do if we don't have your likes. Can I so. say I really like that episode? Did you love that? Yeah, the show show launched perfectly. I love that. Phew. I had a lot of fun doing it um, and and pulling together as many people as I did to, to make it happen. So the show show is going to be a lot of fun. Our first season, everything's pre-produced. It's not a live show. Uh, so everything is very meticulously planned out and, and set up in such a way that you're going to learn a lot of cool things about broadcasting, audio engineering, recording. Um, filming all the techniques everything from uh, anything you can think of we're going to try to throw it in there anything that I'm experienced at anyway so Mm -hmm. that's the idea of the show show to take some of the things that I've learned over my 
oh, 15 years of broadcasting, I suppose, more than that. So, um, so taking that knowledge that I've accumulated over the years and uh, sharing that with you through the show show TV. And some of the questions that you get from this show, then you probably answer there, right? That's right. Because there's a lot of really great detail. Yes. Because if someone says, hey, how do you set up a shot in Wirecast? Well, I can really, really quickly show you here on Tech TV, but um, I can do an entire episode on it on the show show. Because mm-hmm. that's specifically what it's about. So if you have those kinds of questions, hey, email me still. Uh, you can email live at category5.tv. That still gets to the studio. So if it's appropriate for the show show, I'll be sure to move that over. Nice. Yeah. Welcome to the chat room, everybody. Now, Robbie, yeah. did you know that Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network? Really? It is. Wow. If it's tech, it's here. Where? Cat5.tv slash TPN. And the International Associ- Association of Internet Broadcasters, which is well, Cat5. That, oh. that sounds really prestigious. It is pretty prestigious. Ooh. Yeah, Cat5.tv slash IAIB. Great. Can I, cool. can I give a quick shout out to uh, some of our newly, freshly registered viewers? L.H. Martin has joined us at Category5.tv. Oh, so has K. Forble? K. Forble? What was that? Cable. That's probably uh, a I'm thing. guessing Cable. Like cable? Four is, an, is A in Leap. Oh, speak, Cable. Right? Ha ha. That's good. Uh, so that makes sense. SoundPro69, who is incidentally joining us live in the chat room as well. Welcome to the show. Uh, I believe I saw it zip by that they're watching from Miami, Florida. So I, uh, I, I feel like kind of envy your weather today. Are they cooler in Florida today? Probably. <laughs> it's really smoking hot here. It's and been it rained. really hot. It rained, air, but it was so hot it fixed. just turned to steam. Like we were just steamed today <laughs> mid-afternoon. It was incredible. AC is fixed at the studio, though, so that's been a bonus. Yeah. We passed it a while. Yeah. <laughs> Jay-Z Matrix. Thank oh, yeah. Yes. Welcome to the show. Also, Blackfire. And again, Leet Speak. I should have left that one to you. Well, I, yeah, I'm glad you didn't. Actually, I looked down I and I saw right Black in. Fire. I was like, what? Black fire. <laughs> what? I'm not doing that one. I'll do this one. Okay. She's like, one, three, yeah. L. <laughs> Why? Why would you do that with your names? Mine is like Because they're obviously hackers. Obviously hackers. Obviously. This Ethical hackers. With the white hats. Not, like not in a basement. Not it. Not that I'm judging if you're in a basement watching the show right now. No, no, no offense if you're in a basement. I do, however, live in a basement so. with green ambient lighting. No <laughs> offense. None of that. Uh, I want to say thanks to those who have supported us through Patreon as well as our partner links uh, this week. Even a lot of people going to shop.category5.tv and picking up various devices. Uh, I got Mm -hmm. my new drone, the uh, X5C-1 from SEMA, and uh, I've I've been posting videos and stuff on Twitter. And so a lot of you have actually gone and purchased one of those through us uh, through shop.category5.tv. Check it out. If you're not following me on Twitter, it's at Robbie Ferguson, and then you'll be able to... uh, to do that but uh and then you'll see those videos but thanks to everybody who's helping us out that way now we've had some internet intermittent Mm -hmm. intermittent internet issues in that we use lte internet here and it has been kind of up and down just because it's it's it is what it is and we've got this here and we've got concrete walls so the last couple of weeks have been a little bit dodgy at times, right? A little bit. You know? But we've got a good device, and I said when I purchased this one that one of the nice things about this particular model is it's got the two antenna outputs. Mm-hmm. So I can get an external antenna. So we have purchased um, on order 
an antenna that we can put outside or even in a window. And I've done a line of sight to the tower, and we're actually in really good position here to the tower that is not very far from us and, and within line of sight even from ground level. So um, so we're in a good situation that way, So, but we do need to install that. And it, and it, um, it did cost a little bit more than what has been contributed for that. Um, so if you have a means to support us in that way and want to help us to improve our internet connection, you can go to donate.category5.tv, mm-hmm. and it means a lot. And, of course, again, thank you to everybody who's supporting us through purchasing and clicking banner ads and everything right. that we do to help pay for this free show. Um, it right. means a lot. I mean, truth be told, if you don't have the extra money in your pocket to give, then just click an affiliate link. I mean, if you're yeah. buying something from Amazon and it's taking you to the end of your budget, right? Then buy it through our affiliate links. You know, some Go. people had a really neat idea, and I, I don't, I don't see any kind of demographic data or anything from people who purchase. But mm-hmm. um, some people have had really great ideas, like buying their toilet paper on Amazon, or uh, <laughs> someone even ordered some uh, gift cards that they sent by email to friends or family or whatever so you can get a $20 Amazon card send it to somebody by email and then they can use it to buy things on Amazon but because the purchase was the card we actually get a percentage of that purchase it's a really neat way to support the show you could also send us that that card that'd be awesome (laughs) then it's like a big yeah triple whammy we get the commission how how would that work (laughs) i don't know i feel like that's cheating yeah that's cheating (laughs) don't do that probably like a violation of the terms of use for amazon and then they cut us off completely and i can't believe you would do that to us i never said a thing yeah all right so this is going to be a great episode i think so are you ready for it i think so we've been playing around with this raspberry pi thing it's a Model 2. You can pick one up at cat5.tv slash pie. And if you have already picked one up, thank you. Yeah. Now I you can s- follow along. Definitely. Um, speaking of people going and purchasing stuff that we've been talking about on the show, you go to cat5.tv slash pie, and there are many of you who are, in fact, sitting with yours right now at your desk because you've picked one up uh, with this wonderful kit that we've uh, accumulated there. And uh, so we appreciate you following along with this tutorial. I hope that you enjoy what we're about to do. Mm-hmm. And that's very cool. So what do we got? You've, you've built this thing thus I, far. Yes, except for the snapping together I've part. got like an overhead camera for you. Oh, so nice. There we go. I don't know how I should yeah, do I, I have a micro the, SD card. I did a fantastic job of snapping it together with my man hands. Right. I, I was af- called them. Yeah, well, I was afraid, a little afraid that I was going to break it. So I gave it to to you. (laughs) To do the snapping of the mobo? If if you break it, it's a different story than if I break it. (laughs) Should we backtrack just a little bit and show you? This is a multimedia server that we're going to be able to stick in our pocket. Right. You know, if I had a pocket, there you go. Uh, pretty cool. Remember um, when there used to be po- pocket protectors with pens? And used that's to be. How what you, do you mean? I'm still, and that's when you, like, they geeky, are harder to source these days, I admit. Geeky people used to have the pocket protectors. Geeky people who never had to throw away a shirt because of a pen leak. Come on. You don't understand. I wear a black apron at my work, so I've had many pens explode in my black apron. <laughs> Why wouldn't you just wear a black shirt, I wonder? Or an ink-colored shirt. Anyway. <laughs> Make it the style. Now you can just put your Raspberry Pi in your pocket. You don't so need to put delicious. your pen in your pocket. Right. Exactly. Okay, so this is a, the, the idea is it's small, it's portable, but it's, it's something that we can deploy really, really easily. Um, and our project is, okay, so we've set up a challenge for ourselves. We want to create a music server that fits in our pocket, which we, you've mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. You've built the machine. It's with a Raspberry Pi 2 from cat5.tv slash pi. All the stuff is in, included in that kit. Um, 
here is the challenge. It needs to be accessible and controllable from our mobile devices, tablets, uh, phone, mm-hmm. also computers and things like that. I need to be able to re- connect to it without having to connect this to a TV or a monitor or anything like that. Right. I want this to be a headless machine that just sits on my network and it does the work while my computers or tablets control the music and, and things like that. What else, is, what else did we require? As um, part of this project. We wanted a lot of file formats, right? Yeah, yes. I'll say. Um, nothing quite like building a music box and then realizing that, hey, it won't play FLAC files or Og Theora or Og Vorbis, I should say. Og Vorbis files. Right. Um, you know, I'm in video when. Um, so we want it to be compatible with pretty much anything that you can throw at everything. it. M4A files. I shouldn't have a problem playing any file that I can throw at it. It mm-hmm. shouldn't be just MP3s. And we want to be able to do playlists, right? So I that, think that would be a great idea. Right? You think we could pull that off? Like if you were if you were going to do something like this, say you didn't want to DJ for your wedding, right? Don't do this. This is not a way to save money. This is totally DJ, a way to save replace your DJ with this a Raspberry Pi. This is so Pi? perfect. Okay, so I just <laughs> You're one of those you're going to end up with a, like a point and click intervalometer camera automatically taking a picture every 10 seconds and that's your wedding photographer? Why not? That's what we do. We have an interferometer cool. cool. here. It's like hey, my, my mom's selling her house, and I've got my sixty dollar t my sixty dollar drone with the camera built in, seven twenty p, and it's fun and everything. But she wants me to do the video of the the flyover, and I'm like, Mom, no, like- no, I'll do it for you, sure. But the quality is no. I just recently threw Dave a big birthday party. Yeah. Right, and I hired a DJ. And was the DJ... The DJ was great. The Perfect. DJ was awesome. But here's what the DJ did. The DJ just... <laughs> they made, had one of these? Yeah, probably. <laughs> so he just, like, he spent a lot of time wandering around the room because he just oh, programmed no. in a couple of songs and then he could go wander, right? So the right, songs would okay. switch over. Gone are the days of flipping... He doesn't have to be there discs. anymore because it's just a playlist that he's created anyway. Like, the only time he needs to be there is if you specifically request a song. He's the DJ. He's got the PA. He's got a disc. I a res- single CD that says, Dave's Birthday Mixtape. Probably. Exactly. <laughs> he did a great job. This is not okay. to... But this could do that job. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's not what I'm trying to do here, Sasha. I'm sorry. Oh gosh. I don't if you're a DJ, I don't want to take over your I I never mind. This is what we need to do though. We need to create However, playlists. wouldn't it be nice if in the middle of July you could hit a playlist that doesn't have any Christmas music? And yes. yet, and yet at Christmas time you can click on the one that's called Christmas and it would play Christmas. all the pretty Christmas music that you like. I'm just using that as an example. Of course, because my example wasn't good at all. Because your example is terrible. You're putting people out of business. Well, what do ATMs do? Anyway. Touche. Yeah. Touche. Powered okay. by Windows XP. So, okay. anyway. So those are, those are kind of the things that we want to yes. be able to do. The only other thing I can think of is I want it to be able to connect to the network and get its songs through the network. Right. But let's throw another curveball. Let's also allow USB flash drives because we've got uh, four USB jacks here right. on the Raspberry Pi 2. So we might as well be able to plug some USB flash media into that full of music. Perfect. The DJ would bring it on a USB flash drive. I happen to have a flash drive with me, so don't let me forget. We'll try it. Did you get it from Fiat? Fiat Chrysler? No. 
Can you reformat those? We'll talk about that a little later. Okay, so you want to give this a go? Yes. Okay. Okay. First of all, we've got the pie from uh, the first section of this series. We've got the micro SD card in the SD adapter, as we saw. Mm -hmm. That also comes with the kit. Okay, and it comes with Noobs installed. Noobs is a uh, a version of an operating system meant for new Raspberry Pi users to be able to get their feet wet Noobs. without having to learn to install. But I'm going to show you how to actually install some software today. So I'll plug this in, and then we'll just uh, get to it. What we're going to be looking at is a program called Volumo. V- Volumio. Volumio. How do you even say this stuff? Volumio. Volume yeah. Yes, that's exactly what it is. The operating system volume. Vol- wow. If I mispronounce it now, Red leather, everybody's going to be saying it for the next five years. Yes, that's right. So I got to get it right, just for the sake of volumeo. <laughs> so volumeo is spelled V-O-L-U-M-I-O dot org, and I'm just going to make it so that I can bring up my computer screen here for you. It won't take me a sec. And here we go. Thanks to the wonders of Desktop Presenter from Telestream. Mm-hmm. A couple of mouse clicks later, and here we go. There we have it. Okay, volumio.org. Okay. And what it looks like is this, and it is nice and easy to get started. Literally, all you have to do is click get started. So, Sasha, let's do this. Okay. I so, what are we doing? The default is a Raspberry Pi. So, this is to download Volumio. And one of the reasons that we picked this particular project now, I'm going to say that there are many, many projects up and rising uh, that cover um, multimedia playback, MPD on a Raspberry Pi or other kind of uh, player. Mm-hmm. Uh, this particular one is an active project. They've got great plans for the future. They're working on version 2 already, currently version 1.55. And there is some movement there. It's a great little uh, tool, and it's easy to install, easy to deploy. Right. And it has a lot of the features that we're looking for. So let's hop over to it. Um, oh, and this is compatible with every model of the Raspberry kinda Pi. Kind of everything. That's Pretty perfect. much anything. Yeah. yeah, as far as Raspberry Pis go, you could do this on a Raspberry Pi 2, Raspberry Pi 1, whatever it is that you happen to have. Mm-hmm. So if you already have one, just hang it out at your house, you know? There you go. Yeah. So now all we have to do is click download, quite simply. Now, we're having a little bit of internet issues, and that's okay because I happen to have already downloaded. And this is where, okay, so those who are watching live right now are probably reporting maybe we've got some internet issues. That's where that new antenna is going to come in. It's going to help a lot because mm-hmm. once we start using up some bandwidth, the antenna drops the connection. So really looking forward to that arriving, and we're going to install that on the air. Okay, so let me just grab the download that I've got here. Volumio. Yeah, now I'm really thankful that I've kind of planned ahead here. Uh, All right, here we go. So I've downloaded the file, which comes as a zip file, and we're just going to extract that. Now, this can be done on Windows. This can be done on Mac. I wanted to use Linux. Is that cool? That's pretty cool. I really wanted to use Linux because I know if I do it on Windows, um, a lot of viewers are going to say, well, how do you do it on Linux or can we do right. it on Linux? I think that's the way to go. Uh, but it, it, I just say that to say that, yeah, you can do this on Windows. Um, the instructions are very, very clear on their website, so don't you worry. Um, if you're on Windows or another platform, you'll be able to do it. Okay, I'm going to extract the file, which is going to take that uh, zip file and extract a file that is a .img So that's the 
well, as you guess, an image file of the, the USB flash drive. And so the next step, once while that's extracting, is to simply determine the, um, the dev assignment of your USB, or your, uh, pardon me, your SD card that you've just mm -hmm. inserted into your computer. That's finished extracting, so we're good to go. So the way to do that, I mean, an easy way to do that is just to hop into your terminal. Okay. And type ls slash dev sd star. And what oh. that's going to do is it's going to do a directory listing of everything called sd anything. The asterisk oh, okay. means anything starting with sd in the dev folder, uh, which will show me all my hard drives. And the last one is probably going to be the uh, drive that I just plugged in. Right. That's that SD card that I've just plugged in. So then to confirm that, you can eject it, remove it, do the same thing, ls slash dev slash SD star, enter, and see that SDB1 is now gone. Okay. Cool, right? Yeah. So SDB is the um, the draw uh, the disk itself. SDB1 is the first partition on that disk. So it's I can't stress enough, it's extremely important to confirm that this is, in fact, the disk. You can also type uh, sudo df for disk-free okay. space dash h for human readable format, and you'll see how much space is on each of your devices that are and mounted. Okay. So if it's a mounted disk, you can do that. Uh, mine's not mounted. Uh, if it is mounted, then you can see um, how much disk space is free on those as well. Well, that's a smart way. Okay. So uh, the reason I say you can't, I can't stress that enough, you have to make sure that it is, in fact, the drive, is because if that is a hard drive and you do this, you're actually going to be wiping out the hard drive. So if in doubt, uh, we need to understand a little bit about the Linux file system. We're not getting into that tonight too much, but I'm going to trust that you have confirmed that this is, in fact, your, your drive. Mm -hmm. Okay, but I'm stressing for you, if you're not sure, if you don't know how to do that, Make sure, okay? You need to inquire and, and find out more information about how to do that. Right. Okay? You so, know if you're sure or not. Right, exactly. I would, I would call you. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like I say, though, unplug the disk. Right. Do it again and see if SDB disappears. Right. Plug it back in. Do it again. LS slash dev slash SD star. And if it suddenly is back... Then you know that is the one. That's the one. Then you're sure. The one. If you're, the chosen one. If you're one. watching this after today, if you're not watching this live, then just rewind five minutes and watch this part again, and then know for sure what you're doing, yes. and then you can And then you can carry ahead. on. Carry on. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> so it's actually quite easy. Now, I've downloaded that to my desktop, so I'm going to go like this. And I've got a folder for today's episode, and that should take me there. And it's called Volumio, is the folder I put it in. And we extracted it into, it automatically created this folder. So, oh, not a, oh, it's not a folder. Okay, no, that's the IMG file. There it is, 1.7 gigs once extracted. So now what we need to do is we need to take that image and write it to the SD card that we've inserted into the computer. Notice okay. that we're using an, a computer to create the disk, to install the operating system, then we're gonna boot from the Raspberry Pi. It's actually not that complicated of a procedure. Uh, we're gonna use a tool no. called DD. I'm gonna okay. just make this window a little bit bigger for us so we don't get cut off there. 
So what we're going to do is we're going to type dd. Mm -hmm. Well, no, I'm going to need super user access, aren't I? Because I'm going to be writing to a, 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 a file system. So right. sudo space dd space bs equals. And how much bs do you think we should give it? We should give it, um, is there somewhere on the sheet that no. I, I don't know? No. I'm just playing with you. Uh, how much? We should, 100. 100? Just, all right. We're going to give it one meg of bs. Okay. So That's you what type I meant. one M. <laughs> That's the block size, just so you know. I don't know. It's the block size of the disk. Um, so that's that's the recommendation by the uh, by the software developer. So that's cool. Okay, so the block size is one meg, and the IF is in file. Okay, volumeo. So notice I just type okay. VO and then tab, and that it works. completes it. And it completes it. OF equals so out file equals, and then dev. And then SD, what was it? B. SDB, yes. Now, I don't want the one because that's a partition. I just want the disk itself. Okay. Okay. SDB being absolutely sure that's my 100% drive. That's the drive. Okay. That, yes. And uh, so then I'm safe and I'm good to go. So I can hit enter why on did, that. And Why did you just? Okay. It takes time. Okay. Through the magic of television, Sasha, I've already created the disk. Oh, <laughs> Thanks, Robbie. But I wanted to show you how to do that. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so why why didn't you why didn't you press enter? What happened there? Okay. Okay. All right. So now. All right. So now, this disc, of course, as we uh, as we've seen before, but um, this is kind of cool. It comes with this adapter, and by removing this micro SD from the adapter, it's just this itty bitty. It's so cute. She says, "Listen to this." Okay, so th that gives you that itty-bitty micro SD card, okay. which now, oh, I'm still upper view here, so yeah. I can show you. So now this card, this I simply put it in there, nice and gently. Yeah. And it will only, you don't need to force it. Just give it a little click. Yeah, okay. And it actually clicks, okay? Yeah. That's perfect. Okay. I can hear that. All right, cool. So let's uh, plug it in. I guess I'll let you do this, thing. Eh? There you go. So I've already prepped all the wires for you. Okay. Okay, so we've got, this is the power cable that came with the kit at cat5.tv slash pi. Excellent. This is the HDMI cable that came with the same. So that's video and audio output uh, for testing. And I'm, we're going to plug that in just so that you can see the screen so that I can show you what that, uh, what that looks like. But I'm going to explain to you why we need to unplug that in a bit. And then that's the Ethernet cable, which is purchased separately, but most of us have those laying around. But that's our internet connectivity network connectivity okay right, so, so do i do the power first no power would be the last one that okay. you do See? because because <laughs> as it boots oh it's a good question as it boots it detects what's connected right so it tries to get on the network but if you oh, haven't got networking okay. and connected yet it won't be able to do that it tries right. to activate a television or an external display and if you don't have something in hdmi it won't be able to do that Gotcha. Okay. So, so power last. Okay. Yeah. So that's HDMI. That's HDMI, the video. HDMI. So I'm just going to throw that Combined in there. Combined with audio. HDMI is audio and video. I knew that. Maybe I should get the... Let's get this. Here, you want to bring okay. it back a little bit here. And okay. So I plug this guy in. Yep. So that's HDMI. And then this one here is the... That's your Ethernet. Ethernet. Yep. So it goes over here and this way. And this is the Raspberry Pi that uh, Sasha has assembled herself. Okay, so and now you want to <coughs> plug in the, the power. Now this is the moment of truth. Yeah. Is the it going to zap? Oh, well, it won't. It only if goes I don't... one way. Okay. Okay. There we go. There we go. go. We've got a power LED. Oh, there's a little light. And we've Ooh. got some things going on here. Look at that. Oh. Yay. 
and it's booting up. So now you don't have to have a TV screen in order to boot this up. Obviously, right. I just wanted to connect it so that uh, viewers at home could see that, yeah, we're getting some activity here. And also it confirms for us that we haven't destroyed everything and everything is actually booting up. There it goes. Brilliant. So cool. Okay, so now the next step is, okay, we, we don't have, well, maybe you have a TV on it. You can look for the IP address and everything. But you need to know the IP address in order to access this through your network to control it. Yes. So the way that I did that, and I'm not going to bring it up on the screen because it contains some information that I can't show you at home, but easy way to find out what the IP address of this is, mm -hmm. is to log into your router's configuration, whatever your DHCP server is, because out of the box, this is pulling an IP address. Are you familiar with that term? Yes. Okay. So that's the, it's the address of your, this computer on my network. Right. Like a phone number. Yeah, we did a news story on it where they're running out of IPv4. IP yeah. Yes, okay, so, yes. Yeah, same thing. So with that IP address, so now how do I get that? Now, easy way is log into my router, go into the DHCP pool, and see where that one picked up a DHCP address for. We have okay. a very small pool here, so it's nice and easy. I can just type in my address here. I'm going to bring up a browser, 192.168.0.1. My pool starts at 100, and I can just guess that it's going to be 103, and I was correct. Oh, so, okay. There we go. So we're actually connected to Volumio on this device, and it's ready to go. It has no music, as you can see. Wow. Right. But there we go. But there you have it. So there's the interface. And I promised that I would uh, pull out a USB flash drive here, which has some royalty and it has some, music on it. it has some music well, on it. Well, a song, yeah. A royalty-free song. So just to demonstrate the fact that, yeah, we can actually plug in a USB drive. So as soon as I plug this in, well, maybe you should do that. Because this is your, your deal, right? This is right? mine. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you get that in there. Okay. And it's in. And now I guess there's nothing really to see on there. However, over here, notice at the bottom left. Oh, updating. Updating. All right. So now if I click on that. I'll see USB, and now I see some things that are on that disk, and I see one file called jazzsamba.mp3. And if I click on it, I can hit play, and it will actually start playing. I don't know. You guys hear that over HDMI? Da -da that's all, all there is right. to it. Okay, so I mentioned about HDMI. Now, I wanted you to be able to see the screen here on the device so that you see that it's booting. But there is a catch to having HDMI plugged in is that it carries audio as well, as I mentioned. Right. So what we want to do is we want to use the, uh, the output, the audio headphone jack output to convert to RCA and plug it into a PA system and turn it into a music system for an office kind of scenario, right? Right. So if I have HDMI plugged in, and then I plug in a pair of headphones or I plug in the PA or anything at all, if I'm DJing and I plug in, well, HDMI takes precedence over the audio output. There, okay. are, there are ways to change that by going in through SSH and using Alsa Mixer and things like that. But we're not getting into that with the scope of this. So what we need to do is we actually need to power off, disconnect HDMI altogether so that when we boot up, it's going to be using the headphone jack. Okay. So the way to do that is simply menu and then turn off and power off the device. Pretty straightforward. That powers off this whole device? This computer here, the, the Raspberry Pi. OK. 
completely. So everything is okay. controlled through the browser. Yes. I don't have to. Uh, I don't have to SSH into it. That's perfect. I don't have to figure out Linux commands or anything like that. It's all done through the browser. So now I can unplug this. I can okay. unplug the uh, the HDMI. Right. Plug back in the mini mini computer. Okay. And it's simply going to boot right back up again. It's got the USB flash drive. I suppose I don't know if it's going to try to boot from that. So maybe I should just unplug that just to be safe. Mm-hmm. Make sure that it comes back up, and then we'll plug it in. And nice little interface. It's going to kind of spin its wheels until it can get a good connection. Kind of keeps retrying with Ajax. I am blown away by how easy this is. It really is. Wait till we get into playlists and things. This is great. Ah. Okay. So. This is Category 5 Technology TV, and tonight we're learning to deploy the Volumio software on our Raspberry Pi for our project, how to create a music server that will fit in your pocket. And really, this is all there is to it. We've been walking you through. This is the second part of the series. And hope you're enjoying it and following along and and, uh, learning all about how this stuff works. Um, but how cool is it that you can build something like this yourself? You it's can get all the parts, cat5.tv slash pi. Mm-hmm. This would be a great gift, even. Could you imagine pre-building it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you could give a Raspberry Pi, and if the no. person wants to mess around and stuff, yeah. No, but I'm saying, like, it. yeah, create... It's already booted, too, by the way. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Create. Yeah, if you, if you actually were to create playlists and give this yeah. entire... Like, do the Raspberry Pi, do the project itself, and then give this as a gift to your, you know, your parents or, you know, your mother-in-law or something. Right. Because they would have their own music libraries, I'm sure, and be able to import them. You could maybe set set up mom and dad with, they probably have everything on a Drobo. Right. Mom and dad at this point. I love it. (laughs) All right. So, hopping back over to the interface here. I'm going to plug back in, or Sasha's going to plug back in the uh, USB flash drive. I just unplugged that just in case it tried to boot from it, because I guess there is a possibility of that. And because of the the time on the show, I didn't want to risk it. So, let's see what happens here. I've got a pair of headphones, Sasha, so that we can test this out. Okay. Because we're like DJs. Oh, wait. That's how DJs go. That's, That's how we roll, folks. Okay, so this this is just going to go into the headphone jack here. I'm not making fun. Uh, Just so you know, like fully aware that the the chat room agrees with me. Like absolutely Uh, said I was right. Sasha is right. All right. (laughs) Can't even say it. It's all right. (laughs) So this this simply goes into the headphone jack. Raspberry Pi 2 has a much better sound system than the uh, first gen Raspberry Pi. Oh, okay. Uh, So we don't have the same problems that we had with uh, audio quality. Mm-hmm. There we go. I don't know if you want to put these on and we'll give it a try. Maybe I'll just check that the volume isn't bad before I put them on your head. I'm going to zip over here, click on, so I've clicked on, well, right now it says updating, but normally it's your media down there. I'm going to click on that and push play. There we go. So it, it's playing. It immediately started playing. Do you want to? Oh, yeah, I can hear that. Yeah. SoundPro69 asked if we could run Kodi on it and control it with an Android remote app. Yeah, I sure could. Absolutely. How's that sound? Sound quality, though? The fidelity of it? It's good. It's good. She's listening to royalty-free <laughs> elevator music. It's totally elevator music. Just so that I could, like... Can you guys hear that? So what I've done is effectively... I hit play again. So 
so you can see there's no latency. Okay, there is no there. It's gapless playback. So there, if you're if you've got CDs that you want, you know, to have back-to-back music, it, there mm-hmm. it's gapless. It's beautiful. Sounds great. This can now be plugged into a sound system or whatever you want to do, or at home your stereo system, and you've got something you can control from anywhere, and it can connect to your NAS. Can we go through? I know you're anxious to get into the news. Go ahead. No, we can do. Yeah. Can, no, can go we touch? It. Can we touch on NAS connectivity and just really basically yes. because we're running low on time here, and in fact, technically we're out of time for the feature. You'll see that it does support web radio as well. So right out of the box, you've got all these stations that you can start listening to. Love it. All right. That's. Commercial, awesome. f- commercial free, free to listen to online radio. Incredible. Right out of the box. Okay, so going through real quick, we've got our library. That's you know your settings for the library itself. So this is where you set up a new network attached storage mount. So it gives some good examples here. So this source I could call music, or if I want to break it up by genre, I can call it classical or smooth jazz. And then you're going to be using Somber or CIFS is pretty typical of a Windows network, NFS if you're on Linux, um, or of course Samba CIFS is entirely compatible with a Linux network as well. Enter the IP address of the server, enter the directory on that remote server, the username and password if applicable, and then you can save the mount. And then it's going to be added to your list of libraries uh, of available uh, media when you click on Browse, and you'll be able to just click through and access your music that way. So once you've got your music, well, what do you do? Let's jump over to playlists, and you'll see I've added that song twice here. I can clean that up, and there's the song. Now, how did I add that? Simply by going to Browse, and then I'm on my USB drive, or on my NAS, or wherever I am, and I can click on it. I can click on this little icon over here for the menu, and I can add. I can add and play. I can add, replace, and play, whatever I want to do. But if I click Add, it now places it on my playlist. This is the currently loaded playlist. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm creating a playlist that's all Christmas music, as the example, or if I'm creating something that's all smooth jazz, royalty-free music for Mm -hmm. the elevator, right? You can hide this in the elevator with a little speaker. Um, Then that's what we're doing. So let's pretend this is our Christmas queue, uh, queue of music. So I've added as many files as I want. It's searchable, right? Search for jazz. There it is. It's the only song I've got. One result for <laughs> jazz. And uh, then I can create the playlist name. I can call this one Christmas and hit save. And now over when I hit browse and go back here, I'll see a full, uh, an actual playlist called Christmas. So next time I want to play my Christmas playlist, I right. can simply reload it. Right. And then it loads that in place of the currently loaded play- playlist. So it works like you create your playlist, you save it, and then you keep reloading those playlists. Or you can create your own or shuffle right. or whatever you want to do. And, I mean, failing that, you could listen to the web radio. Exactly. And it, you can play that Absolutely. right off the browser, right? Or if you, if you get... Yeah, oh, yeah. Will yeah, you play it's it? just... <clears throat> let's let's um, just clarify. The music is going to come out of the Raspberry yes. Pi. Yes. Not your devices. Your devices are the controllers okay. for this. Okay. The music will come out of whichever you've got plugged in, either HDMI. So if you've got this connected to your TV, for example, it will come out of your TV or your, your soundbar. Right. If you've got headphones plugged in or uh, uh, audio output going to a stereo system, great way to do it. That's how we're going to be doing it, using a, a little adapter that converts to RCA. Um, that will then come out of that jack if you have both plugged in the audio is going to come out of hdmi only Mm -hmm. okay 
Just to be clear about that. Yes, so your devices thank you. are your controllers. That's perfect. There we go. Can you believe that we did it that quickly? Like that's literally we've spent maybe a total of without all the explanations and walking you through everything probably would would have taken us about a half hour to get here. Not even. Not even. Not even a half an hour really. To build with that project with that kit a multimedia server. It's powered by MPD, the music player daemon, which you've seen on previous episodes of Category 5 TV, but mm-hmm. without all the technical setup and nice and easy to use. I love it. Love it? All yes. right. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, you can pick up one of these at cap5.tv slash bh, headphones not included, but uh, that's the entire kit to build this project. Volumio is available absolutely free of charge. If you're using this for commercial purposes or if you find for any reason that this is fantastic, please do show your support at volumio.org. Now, off to the newsroom. Are you ready over there, Sasha? Yes, I am. All right, here she is. It's Sasha Dermatis. It's Tuesday, September 8, 2015, and here are the stories we're covering this week. Google has permanently lost some user data thanks to a lightning strike outside one of their data centers. Apple is opening the gates to add blockers on the iPhone. Imagine a camera sensor so sophisticated that you could read the lettering of the side of a plane from 11 miles away. Canon has announced their awesome new 250 megapixel sensors. And we've never been able to observe the existence of gravitational waves or ripples in the curvature of space-time. But a new satellite out of Europe hopes to do just that. And in an effort to fix security vulnerabilities in their vehicles, Fiat Chrysler has quite possibly handed hackers or handed hacks to malicious users on a silver platter. Yep, these stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. You've got mad skills, now hone them. Learn new skills or improve your existing ones with online video tutorials and training from lynda.com through our special link at cat5.tv slash lynda. Learn software, technology, creative, and business skills you can use today to help you achieve your professional goals. Join today and start learning. We'll give you this chance to try it absolutely free with unlimited access to all of the courses. Sign up now for free, cat5.tv slash linda. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories from the Category5.tv newsroom. Late last month, Google revealed details of a recent incident affecting one of its European data centers, which resulted in an extremely small, but nonetheless permanent, loss of user data. Logged as Google Compute Engine Incident number 15056, the company's report details the events that occurred between August 13th and 17th. The cause of the problem, Google explains, is that the power grid local to the affected data center in Belgium was hit by four successive lightning strikes that caused a brief loss of power to storage systems allocated to the Europe West 1-B zone. While the data center's emergency power management systems quickly kicked in, Google says that some recently written data was located on storage systems which were more susceptible to power failure from extended or repeated battery drain. As a result, Google says that there was some permanent data loss, although this affected only a tiny proportion of the total amount of data hosted at the center, less than 0.000001% 
of the persistent disk space in Europe-West1-B, according to the company. Google has accepted full responsibility for the outage and the consequent data loss and says that its engineers have conducted a wide-ranging review across all layers of data center technology stack to identify areas where the improvements are needed. Wow, that is one of those situations. It's such a small loss of data that it doesn't seem like it would be really a big deal, Mm. but if it's your data. What seems infinitesimal, though, in such a large-scale network Mm -hmm. can actually be a rather significant amount of data as far as actual megabytes go. You think about... That's the size, true. right? That is true, because they didn't say how much was lost, just yes. the percentage Tell of me how total. many gigs here, Google. Huh. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, four lightning strikes in a row that caused, you know, the storage. I guess it just never went from, like, kind of short-term memory into the long-term memory storage. Yeah, yeah. It's... I mean, it's that can wreak crummy. havoc on yeah. That can wreak havoc on UPSs and generators mm-hmm. and everything as they try to trip and fail over. But that's I'm, a I'm pretty curious. frightening reality. I think. Does Google have a list that we could check of all the incidents? Because I would like to see what incident one is. <laughs> like <laughs> How many one, are there now? One five dash or one. I can't remember one five six so six. Like a, a few. Huge. There's quite a few incidents. What was incident one? Does Google? this raise concerns, though? I wonder about trusting the cloud um, exclusively. I know that there are a lot of businesses that are working on migrating all of their data into the cloud. But the scary thing is, is it's in such a way sometimes where it's no longer a local file. It's no, no longer possible to realistically back up all of your data like it was when it was on a local server. It's it's completely decentralized. What happens if Google loses your files in a case like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How much I do mean, your, your files mean to you? Catastrophic, really. I think so. Okay. Now, for the first time, Apple will allow advertisements to be blocked by the iPhone and iPad versions of Safari. The move is likely to please users, but will concern the many companies that depend on advertising. For users, the benefits are pretty clear. Web pages become less cluttered and pages should load more quickly. Less bandwidth usage also means lower data costs and iPhone batteries could also last longer between charges. So it makes sense from a user standpoint. However, it does hurt, it hurts free content providers. There have already been loud complaints about the spread of ad blockers on PCs and several of Germany's leading publishers have tried and failed to block their spread via the courts. Their fear is that the practice could now become widespread on mobile. Stephen Chester of the Interacted Interactive Advertising Bureau Trade Association warns, if you are a medium or small-sized website operating on a very tight margin, this could make or break your business. Mm. It's true. What do you think of the state of web advertising? At our studio, we try very hard to have a modest amount of ads strategically placed to not distract or take away from the free content, and they make a big difference to us as we continue to grow our viewer base. Are you using an ad blocker, and what are your thoughts? Apple will not offer its own ad blocking software. Instead, people will be able to download extensions made by others from its app store in a similar way to how they already install third-party keyboards. Yeah, this is sort of a bittersweet. 
as a as a user. Yeah. Right? As a user, yeah. I, I don't like you know, sometimes there's really atrocious, horrible, just pop up in your face ads and they're just yeah. you know? But that's not every case. Like our ads, I mean not that I'm biased or anything, but not at all, no. Click them, please. <laughs> our ads <laughs> aren't meant to be that like that we're not right. trying to annoy you or badger you i yeah. mean we're trying to really it, it's almost another case of where a couple of bad use cases have damaged the reputation of the platform and therefore are damaging the the people that are using it legitimately mm-hmm. we offer a free service for example and so those advertisements um, pay for it i think about newspapers who are no longer able to sell print newspapers off of the store shelves in a convenience store so they rely on the ad revenue of advertisements on their website as you browse and read their stories and as soon as they start charging subscription fees now for uh for their websites just like they used to you know you're looking at an old paradigm you can't charge realistically what do you do you go into google news you do your search for your your news you click on the one that says, I need you to pay to have a subscription, and you click back, and then you go to the next one that has the exact same story, differently worded, but it's the same news, mm-hmm. and those are the ones that you're going to read. So it just doesn't work that way. I know. I know that's, a, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Now, here is some very cool news. Electronics company Canon has developed a 250 megapixel sensor for use in digital cameras. That is insane. Canon said the sensor is sensitive enough to read the lettering on the side of an aircraft 18 kilometers or 11.1 miles away. Canon said it had overcome several technical hurdles to get the sensor functioning. Basically space time. Wow, yeah, can you imagine? You can, like, see through walls or... No. (laughs) (laughs) With that many megapixels. It's incredible. In particular, it said it had um, got around the signal and timing problems introduced when reading data from the 250 million pixels. (laughs) Pickles? pickles, 250 million pickles. Pickles on board. Delicious. (laughs) Yum. (laughs) Data was read from the chip at a speed of 1.25 billion pixels per second which, said Canon, demanded much improved signal processing systems to ensure picture-taking was well-coordinated. The sensor measures 29.2 millimeters, which is 1.15 inches, by 20.2 millimeters, which is smaller than many sensors found on many 35-millimeter digital cameras. And the resolution is, get this, 19,580 by 12,600. That is crazy resolution. Canon said the sensor could shoot video but only at five frames per second, which is far slower than the film rate or the rate needed for a film. However, it added, the video clips it captured were 125 times more dense than those in standard HD video and about 30 times the resolution of 4K video. That's clearer than clear. That's like so incredible it's impossible to explain so would you use that technology for good quality yeah good (laughs) or evil or would you would you use it for quality or would you use it for a magnificent amount of data in high resolution think about google satellite view and how something like that could be so down to the the planet surface if it was a larger scale sensor and 
the implications yeah is it for good or evil exactly Oy. yeah Canon added the gadget was unlikely to find its way into domestic cameras or smartphones of course instead the ultra high resolution sensor could find a role in surveillance systems or other specialized applications so this reminds me, Robbie, I don't know yeah. if you remember the news story a, a while back, and it had something to do with um, facial recognition, or there was something with mall security cameras. Oh, yeah. Right? And they were claiming that, oh, they're just not high they're, enough resolution to be able to tell who the person is. Exactly. Yeah. Now, now they can the not only tell who you version. are, but they can tell if you flossed. Like <laughs> <laughs> This could be great for surveillance. You think about um, uh, convenience store surveillance systems, and whenever there's a robbery or something, you see the picture in the police post on Twitter, and they say, help us find this person. And you can't make out a thing. Because right. surveillance video is so pixelated and gross. Yeah. Could it make a huge difference to that? I it's going to be probably. like 4K surveillance. <laughs> it's gonna 30 times 4K. <laughs> Holy it's cow. really, really, really cool and very scary. <laughs> <laughs> Only because you like to make everything very scary. Conspiracy theorism. <laughs> Europe. Okay, next story. Moving right along. Moving then. right along. <laughs> Enough of the, about pickles and conspiracies. Pick, I know. I don't know why I'm a conspiracy theorist. I didn't think that of me until I started be you know reading the news. <laughs> until you got into newscasting. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> Europe is ready to launch its most exquisite satellite mission yet. <laughs> Lisa Pathfinder is a fundamental physics experiment that will test the technology needed to detect gravitational waves what are sometimes referred to as ripples in the curvature of space-time. Scientists and engineers have declared the demonstrator ready to fly after more than a decade of development. It will likely go up in November on the European Space Agency's Vega rocket. The month marks the 100-year anniversary of when Einstein published the field equations that underpinned his theory of general relativity. Gravitational waves are a direct consequence of that grand idea. And although there is plenty of evidence to suggest the universe is awash with these ripples, so far no actual detection has been made, either on Earth or in space. Confirmation of the wave's existence and their subsequent routine observation would open up a new paradigm in astronomy, one that would no longer depend on traditional light telescopes to look at and understand phenomena in the sky. Very cool. I feel like... I, I don't understand exactly how we would use this, but well, it's, it's like replacing light waves with a magnetic wave. And I don't know the science behind it or anything, but that sounds cool. Yeah. So I would think that you could see, see much, much further than a telescope can because telescopes require light. Right. This doesn't require light. So you'd be able to see much more detailed imagery that wouldn't necessarily look like what we would see with our human eye, but it would give us telemetries and being able to find more Earth-like planets right. with much more accuracy. Those kinds of things. Then we'll UFOs. Be able, then, Since we're on conspiracy theories. Right, then we'll be able to see whether or not the aliens have flossed. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's just in high resolution here. Yes. <laughs> Okay, this story needs no conspiracy, I'll tell you. This I'm is, not even going to spin this. I'm just going to read this okay. straight up. All right. Fiat Chrysler has started distributing a software patch for millions of vehicles via a USB stick sent 
in the post. Oh, no. In July, two hackers revealed that they've been able to take control of a Jeep Cherokee via its internet-connected entertainment system. The car firm has been criticized by security experts who say mailing a USB stick is not a good idea. Pete Basil is chief executive of Hedgehog Security in the UK. He says this is not a good idea. Now they're out there, letters like this can be easy to imitate. Attackers could send out fake USB sticks and go phishing for victims. It's the equivalent of email users clicking on a malicious link or opening a bad attachment. He warns that using a device like this had wider implications, saying hackers will be able to pull the data off of the USB stick and reverse engineer it. They'll get an insight into how these cars receive their software updates and may even find new vulnerabilities that they can exploit. The flaw being patched affects up to 1.4 million vehicles sold in the U.S. See, I read that story exactly as is. Now I will say... (laughs) What I'm imagining is like a zombie apocalypse of cars. Of vehicles? Yeah, that are just This is just (laughs) a very unwise move, it seems, to be doing this. Like, can you imagine phishing scams and it's just much too... Yeah, put this flash drive in your car (laughs) and reboot your computer and suddenly... You've got a back door into your computer or something. It, make, it makes me laugh only because I picture like a boardroom, like a really fancy big boardroom with a lot of like big like heads of the company sitting around and somebody comes up with this idea and everybody agrees with it. And <laughs> sounds great. Sounds like a great idea. Let's go for coffee. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know. And then all of a sudden USB sticks are just being sent out in the post. Anyway, big thanks this week to Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us. If you have found a news story you would like to send, email it to newsroom at category5.tv. For all your tech news with a slight Linux bias, visit the category5.tv newsroom at newsroom.category5.tv. For the category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thank you, Sasha. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. Hey, if you're new here, make sure you say hi in our chat room, Category 5 on Freenode. Send us an email live at Category5.tv. We'd love to have your viewer questions and try to help you out with tech all around. Speaking of questions, do we... Have oh, to, how do, do we have time? We might be... T- we're out... Wow. What have we done? Holy We must have been Hannah. having so much fun with this, this pie. This raspberry pie. I know. I know. I, I, I love, love pie. This is... How do you like the Flight of the Concords reference? If you got it, you win. I didn't get it. All right. I do not win. You lose. Oops. <laughs> um, let's see. What are you looking for? I'm just looking for that part where you write general discussion things. <laughs> <laughs> the whole point of a general discussion is just to... You know, talk. <laughs> How you been? What's new? You know, that's the general discussion of the whole thing. But you okay. know, if, you need, if you need me to write it down for you. I like it when you tell me what to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, on that note, folks, uh, it's always fun having Sasha here, isn't it? But thank you so much for tuning in. It's Category 5 Technology TV. Our website is www.category5.tv. The show show is alive and going. TheShowShow.tv is one of our shows. 
Yes. How many times can I say show in a sentence? The show show will teach you, will show you everything you need to know about shows. Do we have a general banter? Uh, Do you want to talk about your show? My show, Your try show? it, buy it. Yeah, my show, try it, buy it. Yeah, I know it's not on the so, list. But... I know it's it's not, but there are so <laughs> so. I'm not judging you, but um, there are so many really cool episodes that are coming up at Try It Buy It. We're we've got lots. Got a, happening. We're working on, aren't we? I know. So. Many balls. Try It Buy It is a uh, product review show. Sasha provides unbiased reviews. Uh, that are honest and sometimes brutal uh, with regards to products that are available on Amazon specifically. So uh, you want to check out that show. It's tryitbuyit.tv. And we've got all kinds of other shows as well. Subscribe to our Roku channel. That's a great way to get them. Uh, Nate UK has got Cody up and going. So if you've got Cody, make sure you get over to github.com slash Nate UK. And also you'll see that the Plex channel is uh, coming along as well. So we thank Nate UK for that. And making that happen, please uh, send us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Also, big thanks to Adam tonight, uh, who operates our camera, makes us look great, um, zooms in just enough that you don't see all the grays coming in down here. Because uh, we're not using one of those Canon crazy Yeah. Cameras. We had the 250 megapixel. That would be neat. Please never get that. Please never, ever. <laughs> Try to zoom Even if we in. get like a zillion Patreon people and, and we get, you know, tons of money yeah. just flowing in. I don't we think will, 250 megapixels we is what will, we'd be going We for. will never, ever, ever get that camera. <laughs> I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's not enough makeup in this world for that <laughs> camera. <laughs> well, have a fantastic week, everybody. And uh, don't forget, next time uh, we're going to be talking now. Next week, we're looking at a product review on a brand new quadcopter. You can find out more in, through following me on uh, Twitter. Um, and then we are going to be finishing up our review uh, and installation. We're going to be actually installing this on a real-life network, plugging it into a PA system and making it go and uh, training people on how to use it. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be a chance for you to see how uh, we connect this in the field. So yes. that's and what we're going to be doing on easy. part three. How easy it is. That's the idea. Exactly. I want people to say, wow, Linux is so easy. Linux? Why wasn't I doing this sooner? Why not? Exactly. See, see. everybody. Have a fantastic week. Bye. See you next week. Night. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.